Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Basically, you want to validate your assumptions on the renovation premiums and your rent comps. That's where all roads lead back to. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely wound up being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, as usual, to do Follow Along Friday, Theo Hicks. How you doing? I'm doing good, Joe. Glad to be back. Nice to have you back. Nice hanging out again. And today we are going to talk about a couple things. Do you want to take it away and give us yeah. an overview? So we're going to talk about a couple of things. First, you had a trip to Texas this past weekend to look at some of your apartment complexes you already own as well as potentially some new ones so we're going to kind of talk about that and then we're going to talk secondly about how to prepare for a 
conference call with an investor when you're presenting a new opportunity because that's what we did last night. Yep. yep. <laughs> and then fresh on our minds. Fresh on our minds. <laughs> and then finally we have a question from a listener about raising money for a deal and how to structure the partnership based off of his specific situation. So okay. do you want to start off and maybe give a brief overview of how your trip went this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, best ever listeners, if you're listening via the podcast, then you can also watch the video of this on YouTube. What is our YouTube channel? It's YouTube backslash C backslash best ever show. Or just search Joe Fairless. Joe Fairless, best ever in, show on in, YouTube. Uh, YouTube. And you can see the video. Or... If you like the Facebook page that we have, then you'll see it live and you can have mm-hmm. a comment live next week or whenever. So the trip to sure. Texas this past weekend is actually a trip to Texas and then a trip to New Orleans for my bachelor party. And those were two completely different trips. <laughs> <laughs> the trip to Texas that was business related and it went really well, specifically what I did is I met with 10 or 11 investors. Wow. Also, most people are in my consulting program. So they met me at the property we have under contract. It's a 202 unit in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. And we did a tour of the property, walk through what you want to do when you do a tour. It depends on your business model and the property, I guess. But Our business model is we renovate the units, increase rents, Mm -hmm. and provide the main value add that way. There's also some additional things like optimizing expenses and all that's really income and expenses. (laughs) And then doing some other income things like putting fencing around ground floor units Mm -hmm. and things like that. But primarily, it's renovating units and increasing rents. So what... We always want to do, if that is our business plan, is see what a non-renovated unit looks like. And if they have done any renovations, which would be ideal, if they've done a very small percentage of renovations, see what a renovated Mm -hmm. unit looks like. And then determine if that renovated unit is comparable to other renovated units in the area based on what they're getting in rent and what the others are getting in rent. You want to make sure, basically, you want to validate your assumptions on the renovation premiums and your rent comps. That's where all roads lead back to. You want to make sure you can get the rent premiums and you want to make sure you have the correct rent comps. So those were the two primary areas of focus. In addition, doing other things that you can't do on paper, you have to mm-hmm. do in person, that is getting a feel for the resident profile that lives there, the type of cars in the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, there were Lexuses and Mercedes, and this is a nice property built in 1998 and in a very, very nice area. So that was the primary focus for the trip. In addition, I visited two other deals that we are close to getting, mm-hmm. and both of them would be off-market deals. More to come on those if and when we do get them. Don't know for sure. Nothing's under contract. But they're off-market deals that came to us via a broker that we have a really good relationship mm-hmm. with and we've closed other deals with. So if you're looking for off-market deals then broker relationships have been the primary way we've gotten off-market deals. 
yes, you still pay a broker's commission in that scenario, but you don't go through the competitive bidding process that you normally would. And you might wonder, well, what the heck's the benefit for the seller to do that? And that is, it's a much faster, more streamlined process. For example, the property that we have under contract right now, I was told there were 37 tours because it was a competitive bidding process. Mm -hmm. So there's 37 groups that went and toured the property. Can you imagine how many questions they all had for the brokers and the owners because the brokers certainly weren't able to answer all the questions. And those are just 37 groups that physically toured the property. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering what's the motivation for a seller to do an off-market deal, that's a primary motivating factor. And then also they want to make sure that they're getting a good price. So we're by no means stealing these deals at 50 cents on the dollar, but we are getting a little bit below market price with a property that we like. So anyway, visit those two plus the first one that we have under contract, so that's three, and then we closed on two deals over 500 units over the last couple weeks, and I visited those as well. And then lastly, so I guess uh, I visited six properties. Lastly, visited another property that we own in the same sub-market as these other ones because I was in the area. So it was a very busy trip. It was a very productive trip. And that's the focus when I go to visit a property. Something that you said there that was interesting is about the cars in the parking lot. And I remember when I was in our new book, Best Real Estate Investing Advice, Volume 2, Brent Cardone's chapter, he was talking about how, obviously he does more due diligence, but he's saying that he can do a quick judge on a property based off of a lot of different reasons, but one of them was cars mm-hmm. they saw on the street. And so I thought that was interesting that you brought that up. Uh, secondly, when you were talking about the two primary things you focus on during a tour are to prove the rents mm-hmm. premium that you're going to get from renovations as well as the comps. For the comps, I'm not sure if you said it or not, but what do you do to get those? Do you actually go to the property yeah. and like pose as a tenant, or how do you go about understanding the rental comps? Three ways. One is if there's a broker, then they'll provide rent comps. But that's just the first way, and you do all three. So there are three ways to do it, and you must do all three. First is the broker and the rent comps they've provided. The second is doing your own research and making sure that those rent comps are actually the correct rent comps by simply doing a Google search and seeing what other apartment communities are within driving distance. It depends on the area, five miles, five mile radius, usually acceptable, but again, New York City, it wouldn't be a five mile radius because the islands, I think it's like seven miles wide or something, Mm so I might be off on that, but only by a couple miles. And then the third way is you get your butt into those apartments. I'm glad you mentioned that because... I told the group I met with, my investors and some of my clients, when we visited, to dress like a B-class apartment community resident because we're going to be doing rent comps. And Mm -hmm. you you go in and you ask them about the apartment and you go look at the renovated unit and you get a first-hand look Mm -hmm. at it. So those are the three ways that we validate the rent comps. And what I will mention... On the car thing, one additional tip is when you visit the property, if it's during work hours, are there a lot of cars 
in the parking lot? Mm, yeah. Because if so, do you have a lot of successful working from home entrepreneurs in your apartment community? Probably not. So are they unemployed? That's the more likely scenario if you have yeah. a bunch of cars in the parking lot during work hours. Now, of course, there's second shift and third shift which I was introduced to when I moved to Cincinnati. I didn't know what third shift was. I thought it was a restaurant. So there are exceptions. But if there are a lot of cars in the parking lot during the workday, then that's at least a signal to continue to do more due diligence into that and specifically do due diligence into the economic occupancy mm. versus the physical occupancy. Economic is the people who are paying to live there. Physical is people actually living there. And how you do that is I recommend doing a financial lease audit with a professional, either your management company, they would do that, or you hire a third party. But ultimately you want to juxtapose the bank statements with the P&L that they're reporting and make sure that it all matches up with the rent roll. So bank statements, rent roll, and the P&L, make mm-hmm. sure that all matches up. I've got a great fall on Friday. We're doing a shot of camera to our chest, and we're going to do one of those <laughs> rental comps so that people can see what it's actually like to do it. Because we did that when we went to Columbus. We did that. It was, it was interesting. Out of those six you went to, were one of those the property that we did the conference call on last night? Yes. Smooth segue. It was a good smooth segue, wasn't it? (laughs) Smooth segue. The idea is to talk about how to prepare for that investor call just because this is my first time actually listening on one of your calls and I was on the emails when you and your partner were kind of preparing for it and I thought it would be good for best of your listeners to see what you do to prepare for these things. Mm. Yeah, this is important and it's fresh on my mind because we just had the call last night and I think we do it the right way because I've been on other calls before Mm -hmm. and I, I like our format. I'll share with you how we do it so that if you're raising money, you can do the same thing. First is you have to get your heart right. And what I mean by that is why are you presenting this opportunity to investors? Mm -hmm. I have a Word document outline that I use during the call. And at the top, it is that I mentioned in bold I'm here to serve, I'm here to help my investors retire, do what they want with their money, and ultimately do what they want with their time. And so when they get the returns that we're projecting, then they're going to be able to spend their time the way they want to spend it, which I believe will help everybody out because I think when you spend your time how you want to spend it, I think people naturally gravitate towards doing more altruistic things. That's Mm -hmm. just my personal belief. So starting out with the right mindset as well as coming from the heart and knowing that you're there to serve. That's the first and foremost thing. After that, as long as you know what you're talking about, everything else just falls into place. And I'll give you the template. The most important point that I want to focus on is capital preservation. Because when we do our underwriting, we're conservative in the underwriting And I've interviewed a lot of people and my own personal experience and every psychological study proves this out that you'd rather not make a dollar than lose a dollar. Mm -hmm. So when people lose money, that's much more of a hit than it is a gain when you make money. Therefore, capital preservation needs to be present and discussed throughout the conversation, assuming that it is a conservative investment in your projections. 
That's another point. And then the next part is the introduction. I just write a simple intro of my background. And then I structure my conversation with investors in three categories. Mm -hmm. One is the deal details. Two is the market details. Three are the team details. So those are the three categories. And I know what the main highlights are for that Mm -hmm. particular deal. Therefore, before I go into those three categories, the deal, the market, and the team, I tell them from a high level, here are the main couple reasons why I like the deal. Because I want to focus and continue to reiterate the main points. I don't want to discuss all these data points and get everyone's mind swimming in numbers, I want to make sure that the points I want to make about the deal are clearly and consistently reiterated and communicated. Therefore, with this deal, the main two points that I have are exceptional location and proven business model with a proven team. Therefore, I led off with that, and that was the theme throughout each of the three categories. Mm -hmm. Then I went into each of the three categories, the deal, the market, and the team, and just talking through the highlights. It's important if you say something like, it's an exceptional area, you follow it up with, and here's why, versus just throwing out hyperbole. So you always want to have stats, but then even better will be when you have the stats and you start telling the story. So, for example, our deal is in Fort Worth, and I mentioned that it's an exceptional area. The population's growing, and as a reference point, the U.S. Census Bureau named it the number one fastest-growing city in the United States Mm -hmm. because they grew 47% in population from 2000 to 2015. And then you could leave it there, but then you say, and here's why. So you want to discuss the why behind it. And I mentioned the job growth, job diversity, and I gave some specific employers. Then I went down to the micro level. So that was the macro level for the market. Then I went to the micro level for the sub-market. I talked about the school district and the specific employers within that three to five mile Hmm. radius. So it's important during your investor conversations, and this was a conference call with a lot of investors on it. It's important to, first off, know what you're talking about, duh, But mention the numbers and mention the reason why behind the numbers, not just state the numbers. Tell a story and then make sure that you are hitting the points that you need to hit that you've predetermined are the most important selling points or desirable attributes for this particular opportunity. So we go through that. I talk for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or so. And then Frank, my business partner, talks for, say, 20 minutes. He goes into the deal in more detail from an underwriting standpoint, talks about the business model in detail, talks about the financing we're getting, etc. And then we go into a Q&A session mm-hmm. where investors, they email me questions. I mention my email on the call, and then they'll email in questions and then I'll, I'll be receiving the questions. Some of them I just reply via email right back to. Okay. Most of them we field on the call. And it's recorded by freeconferencecall.com. Super simple. 
and then we send out the link to the recording afterwards to everyone because probably about 40% of investors aren't able to attend the call because everyone's got stuff going on and then we send it out and that's how I prepare that's how it's structured I'm going to summarize in 30 seconds or less the document so know your why know why you're doing it know the main one or two selling points of the property that you want to reiterate and structure it deal market and team and when you do that then it's a very concise conversation and you're able to have an effective call yeah, you said that perfectly. I guess this uh, one quick follow-up question. Obviously, when you're creating this document, you kind of summarize it, the why, and then the you know, one or two unique selling points that you're going to use throughout the document. All this stuff's all written out. And I guess my point is, is a couple of them are kind of like mindset ways to prepare yourself before going into it. Mm-hmm. And so is that something that you literally have like written at the top of the document that says, this is my mindset going into it and it's giving and then here's my, you know, obviously I'm, I focus on capital preservation, so that's next. And then here are my two or three mm-hmm. selling points. And then you type out market, deal, team. And you type out all the things below that. That works. Yeah, I, I literally wrote out on my document yesterday before the call the reason why. And I'm here to serve, help them retire faster, and a couple other bullet points. Because it could be nerve-wracking to be on a call with a lot of investors, but it's only nerve-wracking if you're inside your own head. It's not nerve-wracking if you're there to serve others, because if you're there to serve others, then you'll get out of your own way to go help. So that helps and completely remedies any nervous feelings that I have prior or during the call, because I know I'm just here to help them, and they need this information so I've got to present yeah. it to them. I think I remember something else you said, too. I think you said about podcasting. But before you go on that podcast, you smile really big to kind of get yeah. your, your body repaired. And just, it's really quick. something else that I do, too. Because the goal is to get outside of your head. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try to just be very mindful of the situation. Like, I'll literally say out loud, like, here's my microphone. It's got a little blue, shiny light on it. <laughs> and, got, and, like, right now I'd be looking at, you know, here's a microphone with the orange on it. And it kind of just prepares you and makes you mindful in the present. Because you're not stuck in your own head and thinking about, oh, like, what am I going to say? Like, what, what exactly am I going to say for the next yeah. 30 minutes? Which is obviously impossible. And so I think those are all kind of the same thing. It's all about getting outside yourself yeah. and not just being stuck in your own head. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Anything else about preparing for investor conference call before we get into the last section, which is a best ever listener's question? No, let's go straight to the question. Okay. Kevin submitted a question and he says, I have a deal and I'm an experienced investor. My buddy wants to invest in it. But I'll be managing the deal with the property managers. So having him, I believe his friend, be the the limited partner and supplying the down payment. And then me coming in with 0% down and being the general partner. The cash on cash return for the deal. Let me just just pause and make sure. Experienced investor. He's not putting any money in. Mm -hmm. His buddy is putting the money in. And his buddy's managing it. I think it's, the situation is Kevin, it's his friend, and then, and then a property management company. Okay. Got it. So property management company, third party, they're managing mm-hmm. it. He's not putting money in. His buddy is putting all the money in. Yeah. Okay. He says a cash check return for the deal is about 14%. The question is, how would I structure the percentage for myself? 
However, you can structure the percentage for yourself. The beauty of multifamily syndication is that you're only limited by your creativity and what the market commands. In this, so far, I know there's like a couple more sentences. Mm -hmm. So far, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. He's an experienced investor. If it's experience, then that's it. And he's not putting any of his own money in the deal. I don't find that very valuable because there's not alignment of interests. Mm. And I don't care how much experience someone has. If they don't have their own money in the deal, then there's not as much incentive for them to help out and use that experience. It's likely that they would use their experience to go work on projects that they have their own money tied to. But maybe he's got something new for us last couple sentences. So he says that business plan is holding in the refinancing in five years. He says that I was looking for a percentage of income plus money at the end. So I guess it's a second question, but the loan would be under my name, correct? Or would it be under the LLP? I'm not sure if he means LLC or limited partner mm-hmm. with him guaranteeing the loan. So I guess not more information on what he's going to bring to the deal, but more of what he wants He's implying that he's signing on the loan. Okay. So that is adding some values. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm seeing a little bit more. The short answer is, in this scenario, get what you can get if I'm him. I'll give you some specific benchmarks mm-hmm. for a loan. And I'm pretty sure we did a YouTube video on this. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes and I'll put a link in the, the YouTube video as well. Okay, yeah, and... You can go to multifamilysyndication.com and the video will be there as well as long, along with all the other videos that we've done. But we did a video on what the individuals who sign on loans with you on a deal get compensated. And one example is a quarter of a percent of the loan balance paid annually and then maybe a small ownership interest in the deal, like 5%. Or something. I mean, that's pretty generous right there, I, I believe. Maybe too generous. It, it could just be 0.25 of a percent on the loan balance. If it's a recourse loan versus non-recourse loan, then I would crank that up more because you have more personal exposure. But if, if you're not putting any money in the deal, you're just bringing your experience and balance sheet and you have a third-party management company, someone's putting all the money up, You're providing value for the deal, but it's certainly not the majority of the value because it's just signing on the loan and giving some tips during the asset management phase. Mm -hmm. If you're also doing asset management, then perhaps have a fee for that, and that's your compensation, 2% of the collected income every month. So you could say, now I will give you the summary of what I suggest based on this information. One is if you are doing the asset management, which makes sense if you're the experienced investor in this group, then 2% of the collected income paid every month. So if the property collects $100,000, then you would get $2,000 every month. The second is the loan sponsor guarantee of a quarter of a percent. So if it's $10 million, I think that would be $25,000 paid annually, if that math works, but 0.25 of a percent if that math doesn't work. And then the third would be maybe get a small ownership percentage in the deal. I think that's stretching it based on 
the role that you described. But if your role is greater than what I believe it to be based on the information we've read, then up to 5% of the general partnership or of, of the deal. And as far as signing on the loan, yeah, the loan fee is based on you signing on the loan. When I read this question, let me know if you think I'm wrong. I kind of interpreted as size him signing the loan that he's going to be in like maybe some sort of like mentorship role to this guy who's doing the deal. But I guess he said that he himself has a deal, so that wouldn't be the case. Oh, he's bringing the deal too. Yeah, says I have a deal, so he's the one that's bringing the deal. So I guess yeah. what he's the value he's adding is he, he has the deal and he's signing on the loan, and then he's doing the asset management. He's doing the asset yeah, management. So I, so, yeah, five, five, ten percent. Then if you have the deal, but you're not putting any money into it, then that would be probably ten percent if you have the deal. But if you co-invest alongside them, then I think you can increase that to 30% of the deal. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, Theo, where can best of listeners get in touch with you? Theohicks.org or the Unplugged Podcast on iTunes. All right. And best of listeners, enjoyed our conversation today, and I hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com.